This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. And I think this is perfect timing. Let's move on to our lightning round, which is presented by Data.World, the data catalog for your successful cloud migration. So I'm going to kick it off. So first question. Um, today, you mentioned that one of the golden moments that triggered the whole data warehouse was that large corporations were struggling to answer questions like, how many customers, how many customers do we have? How many products do we have? How much sales did we make? Uh, data warehouse was, was the answer to that challenge. Have we solved that problem? Some yes, some no. The answer is 50% maybe, I don't know what percentage. Some percentage yes, some percentage no. You want to expand on that for a second? Why yes and why no? Because some, a lot of people uh, still believe in the vendor. And, and uh, I was at a conference the other day and, and, and uh, uh, the vendor was saying, man, this integration stuff, this integrity stuff, that's hard to do. It takes a long time. Let's just go do something called ELT and let's just throw our data together and Let's not bother to integrate it and make it usable. And 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 uh, 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 the vendors and the people still listen to their vendors. And and part of the maturity of our profession is people weaning themselves from listening to the vendors, or at least recognizing that the vendor is there to sell them, not to solve the the, the customer's problem. Right. So I got a quick follow up on here. So ELT and the and the Lake House. The data lake and all that stuff. This is the problem. <laughs> oh. Honest, no BS, Bill. The data lake was the worst thing that somebody could have done to our profession. It was something that it's what happens when you put amateurs in charge of data architecture. And 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 uh, and I and I don't even I don't even know who I'm talking about, but I know somehow the data lake came about. And it was the stupidest idea that that I've heard. And so uh, I'm going to make the remaining part of my career helping clean up the mess that people have made are making with data lake data lakes. Now, 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 I love that. now a, a quick word. There's a difference between a data lake and a data lake house that uh, the people that are building data lake houses are, are headed the right direction. Uh, the people that are. Uh, building data lakes are, 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 are setting our industry back. I don't know how many years, a decade, two, two decades, but they're going the reverse direction. But data lakes are a stupid idea. I, I love your honesty. I love, it. I love this. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is uh, the data lake house has always seemed to me to be a bit of a a revisionist approach to, well, if we take sort of a data warehouse and we stick it in the middle of a lake, maybe it makes the lake a little bit better. <laughs> well, uh, a quick story. I, I had a conversation with the CEO of Databricks and, uh, uh, and, and uh, 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 he didn't charge me, but, but on, on, a, on, a, on a relationship basis, uh, uh, what Data Lakehouse needed was a conceptual understanding of what was going on. So I've been doing my best in terms of books and and uh, 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 and other things to give a conceptual foundation for the data lake house. And and Databricks has been wonderful to work with. 
That's awesome. Love it. Um, they're they're a great partner for us as well, both Databricks and Snowflake. Um, all right. I was going to ask you for your next lightning round question. Have the big data and NoSQL movements taken the progress of the data warehouse uh, backwards? But I think we kind of answered that. So I'm actually going to replace that with a slightly different question here, which is, um, you know, is is there a key missing role right now in the organization that is sort of this data to business or data to knowledge translator? Is that just a, is that a missing role right now? Oh, you bet it is. And uh, once upon a time, and, and, and it didn't go very far, but once upon a time, corporations had, had an internal training function for technology. And it was for the technician and for the business person. And, and, and that idea was, I don't know who started that idea. That idea was wonderful. That was a really, really good idea. And, 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 uh, but, but today, when you go out into the world, I don't know, that function may exist somewhere. I haven't seen it in a long, long time. But, but absolutely, the people still need education. And, but, but they don't need education about how cool the product is. They need an education on how to solve their business problems and how to make the connection between their business problems and technology. That's what uh, the, is needed. But, uh, uh, but I don't see... I don't see that happen anytime soon. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I'd love to be surprised. I think this is what this is the, what I call business literacy. And and Bill, if we don't see this anytime soon, we are freaking screwed and wasting more of our time and money. We need because we need this because otherwise, it's just doing more technology for the sake of technology. At some point, like I mean, this is not this is unsustainable. Period. Uh, 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 what can I say? But, but, but like all evolutions, in every evolution, there's always been a couple of branches of the tree that kind of fell off. And, and, and so evolutions are not clean and neat. They are messy. People die. Uh, 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 blood is spilled on the floor. And, 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 and our evolution of our technology is exactly the same. Uh, it's an evolution, and it's messy. Bill, you are a very wise man. That's a very wise comment. Next question. Is data modeling a lost art? Data modeling is absolutely not a lost art. Uh, it better not be because, uh, because uh, 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 it better not be. Uh, but, but, but there are new renditions of data modeling. So in order to understand the structured data uh, of the world, we need data models. Uh, 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 for lots of reasons I go into it. However, there are new forms of data modeling. Uh, when it comes to text, uh, the new form of data modeling is taxonomy creation and ontology creation. And, and, and uh, 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 ontologies and data marks are related to each other, but they're not the same thing. There's actually some substantial differences between a data model and an ontology, but but it, but but that's what's necessary. That's that that's what's happening now. And 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 uh, when we lose when we lose the ability to uh, to data model, we have lost the ability to read the Bible. And 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 I God, I hope I don't want to be in this earth when the worth 
where this earth loses the ability uh, to, re to read and understand the Bible. Yep. You know what? It, it, I'm seeing this trend that all that um, experts, uh, people who have been this data in the data warehouse world from the beginning are real, are, are, are just kind of changing their, their conversations in a way uh, about the focus on the semantics, on the knowledge, on the meaning. That's what we're seeing more of the conversation about knowledge graphs and ontologies. I mean, this is the world I come from. I come from the semantic web world. And 10 years ago, I was told, 15 years ago, we were, I was saying the word ontologies all the time. And then 10 years ago, I was said, oh, no, that don't use the O word, the ontology word, because that scares people. And people think oncology or think about philosophy. And now it's coming back. And I think it's coming back because we're realizing that the missing ingredient here is knowledge, it's meaning, understanding. And, 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 it's, and it's always been there. And I think it just hasn't been, hasn't taken that first-class citizen approach, right? As you just said, data marts and, and ontologies, they're related. They're not the same. I agree, but we're, we're evolving. And I think it's one of those branches that will get stronger and stronger while some other ones will just fall. And, and, and let me tell you my experience with ontologies. Uh, uh, as I've told you, I've spent the last 20 years of my life working on the issue of text and uh, text and language. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you right now, you can't do text and language analysis without an ontology. So we had to become experts in understanding how to build, how to create, how to use, maintain uh, uh, ontologies. And uh, uh, we, I don't go into this with anybody, but, uh, uh, but uh, uh, we probably have more uh, practical experience because we know how to take an ontology apply it to text and come out with something that's useful and valuable. And, and the other day, just in fact, uh, two days ago, uh, I was talking with some people, some wonderful people, I'm not going to name where, and they said, let us show you uh, our, our, our ontology. And, 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 and I mean, I don't mean to be uncharitable. I really am not an uncharitable person. But what they showed me for an ontology said, oh my God, this is, this is not one one ten thousandth of what an ontology is. So people people think they can't work with and build. Listen, we build ontologies every day, and we know how to manipulate and use them. We know how to do. We know how to make them do little backflips. And uh, uh, so, but we had to learn that if you're going to be uh, somebody that knows how to deal with text, uh, you've got to be an expert in ontologies, because that, that, is, that is the golden key uh, to being able to expert. And people in the world are afraid of them, and there's nothing to be afraid of. I'm with you, Am ontology, semantics, knowledge graph, it's my life, everything I have dedicated my career towards, so I, this is music to my ears. Tim, last question on you. we got to keep going here. We're almost yeah, yeah, done. Yeah. Last night, lightning round question. So... You know, I, I, I actually started my career in sort of data and things like that, actually in unstructured data. I worked for a company called Highland Software, focused on document management, right? And then you've got the knowledge management field. You've got a lot around text. You know, there's a lot going on in the world of unstructured. And then you've got databases and data warehouses and data analysis systems and things like that, right? There's these parallel streams going on. And you, you mentioned that you're really focused on text and unstructured lately. 
Do you see that the in the next 10 years, the unstructured world and the structured world are, are going to finally do much more of a merger? Oh, yes. And uh, um, much to the chagrin of the vendors that have been fighting it all along. But but and I'll tell you why it's going to happen. It's not going to happen because of technology. It's going to happen because of business value, because people are going to discover, number one, you can go into text and start to do things with it. And once you do that, you can marry it up to your structured systems. And once you do that, you can get uh, analysis and understanding of your corporation that you could never, ever get before. That's why it's going to happen. But it's going to happen because of business value. It's not going to happen because the, the venture capitalists, venture capitalists ignore what's going on. Don't get me started on venture capitalists. All right. All right. This has been a, a phenomenal conversation. And let's go take it to our takeaways. TTT Tim, take us away with your takeaways. Let's start. All right. We'll do the best we can here to take it away. So we started off the conversation, Bill, with you kind of mentioning that our profession is immature, right? You look at, you know, the history of medicine or the, the you know, like it's, there are fields that have been around for thousands of years. Um, and IT has been around for what, 50, 60 years, right? Yeah. Um, and some of the signs of the immaturity are things like education, how it has to happen through the vendors a lot. Um, you know, another sign of uh, immaturity is the fact that we're, you know, we have to get our, you know, snowflake cert and our Tableau cert and things like that versus being able to, like in the field of medicine, be able to, you know, get your doctorate in, you know, in, in medicine in, in a more general way. And, uh, you know, computers started off being very general, but then they differentiated, they specialized. Um, and so that's just kind of the maturing that's happening in that field right now. But it's so early. It's such early days and it's evolving so fast. Uh, and you walked us through the the history, the history of computing, where, um, you know, uh, and, 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 and first of all, you mentioned how important it is to value history. Juan, I know you're a big uh, uh, fan and proponent of, of, of history, especially in the computing field as well. Um, uh, Bill, you mentioned Gene Omdahl. So now I know I've got some research to do to learn a lot more about Gene Omdahl because that's important. Um, so in the history of, uh, of computing, right, um, first computers built by the U.S. Army. Then next use case, the mafia using it to calculate racetrack odds, right? In general, it all started off with a big focus on numerical calculation. But then Watson proposed this idea of the world market for computational devices. And someone had this golden moment of, hey, this can really apply to business. So you move to text, you move to applications, we get the database management system, we get transaction processing. Uh, and now that's really the second golden moment where computers really were making a business impact. Uh, they were the partner to the business in your words. Uh, and then you get the personal computer, internet, mobile computing, and so much more. So it's, it's so important to know our history and, and how that led to the data warehouse system, which uh, Juan, over to you for your takeaways. Yeah. So, so I think it's very critical to understand the history of the data warehouse. I mean, the data was locked for a specific, a specific purpose or usage, right? For in the fix in, in these databases. And you, Bill, like you were the person who was trying to express that, hey, data could be used for more than that. And then it was locked for in the 70s. And you got a lot of hate mail for that. But hey, look who won here on this stuff. Like transaction data supports the application while corporate data is there to support the enterprise to be able to answer those questions of how many customers do we have, how many products and so forth, right? So what does it take to answer these questions at an enterprise level? It's 
enterprise data, not just not just application data, not just data from one application. So, and what I really love here is that the data warehouses was loved by the marketing organizations in the in, starting here in the U.S. Right, Pactel Cellular, you said, was the first one they wanted. They wanted to gain more market share, understand their customers, keep their customers, and then the competitors find out about it and they're like, "Hey, we want that too." So, thanks to the marketing folks, is how data warehouses actually started. And then after that, you get Walmart coming in, and then that's it. It's now mainstream. And basically, IBM SAP, you are no help at all for this. Um, thinking about kind of business value, like we have to be very, very critical about what is cool versus what is what is providing business value. GPT chat thing, this is very cool. It's very elegant. But is it addressing business value or not? Like we've seen this before in so many different tools. We brought up the IBM Watson, right? The Jeopardy stuff. But hey, this is all associative recalls, what you were talking about. They don't really understand my business. Um, so even the folks at IBM during that IBM Watson era, they forgot to ask the basic question, what is the business value? Every day you work at a company, ask yourself, you wake up, how is what I'm doing providing business value? Uh, finally, we got into that whole Inman Kimball debate, get it very clear directly from you. Kimball, you get a quick, dirty approach to ask questions, but it's not about so much about integration, quick reports. Inman, it is focused on the integrity of the data, on the integration. You must be willing to do something less fast, less inexpensive. You get data you can believe, data you can trust. That's where it is. And then what's next for Bill Inman? Some area that we, an area that we have completely neglected is text. And all the text, we want to bring in text and make it in an analytical format and using knowledge graphs for that. And just to summarize some things you said in the lightning round, the data lake is the worst thing, the stupidest idea, and an immature folks put in charge, and it's going to be your goal to clean up that mess. The data lake house is in the right direction. Uh, we need more education in how to solve business problems. Taxonomies and ontologies, we need to start focusing on this, and we will see the merging of unstructured and structured data because it's going to provide more business value. Bill, how did we do? Summar yeah, summarize that. And I want to close one one idea. I don't like data lakes. <laughs> period. Bill and I don't like data lakes. Period. Can we put that on a t-shirt? Is that okay? You can do whatever you want to. <laughs> All right. We're gonna put that on our swag store one day. I don't like data lakes. All right, Bill, throw it back to you very quickly to wrap up here. What's your advice about data about life? Who should you invite next? And what resources do you follow? Well, okay, I get asked a question by young college students all the time, what should I do? And what I tell them, I, 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 I give them this piece of advice. I say, get as close to the decision-making of the corporation as you can. Because when it comes time for layoffs, who's the last person to get laid off in a corporation? And that's the person that is uh, 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 the closest to the decision-making. If you are working in a clerical function, in a rotarian function, uh, we need people like that. Uh, but you are open uh, and opening yourself and your family uh, to layoffs. So, uh, if I have one word of advice to give young young people, is is get as close to decision making as you can. Bravo, bravo, bravo! Yes. Who should we invite next? Oh, um, well, I think Brad Pitt would be appropriate. 
you know, we've had another guest before who said we should uh, invite uh, Matthew McConaughey. So we got to start doing this. Um, yeah, there's going to be a Hollywood episode at some point. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Well, okay, sounds good to me. Uh, what resources do you follow? Books, people, conferences, events, whatever. Unfortunately, in my life, I've always been, I've had to go trial and error because the places I've gone, there haven't been books and conferences and, and, and things like that. So my great teacher in life is trial and error. And, 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 and it's a great teacher. Let me tell you something. A long time ago, my young daughter, when she was, I don't know, three or four, uh, was playing in the kitchen and my wife was standing next to me and my daughter was playing with, with a, a box of matches. And my, my, my wife wanted to run and grab the matches away from her. And I said, no, no, no. We're going to sit here and watch her. We don't want her burning the house down. But she's about to learn an important lesson. And, and so she opened up the box of matches. Uh, she uh, lit up the match. She burned her finger. Uh, not bad, but she remembered the pain. And pain is the great teacher. And so I, I don't follow books or conferences or anything like that because my, all of my, not all, but most of my experience in life has been trial and error. Get your hands dirty and see what works. That's right. Bill, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Just very quickly, next week we have Jane Urban, who is a VP of data at Takeda uh, Pharmaceutical, and we're going to talk about data and business value and how she's been building a team in the U.S. and now expanding that data team globally. I think it's going to be a phenomenal conversation. Bill, I think... Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for this. Thanks to Data.World, who always lets us go do this every Wednesday uh, here. Um, thank you so much, Bill. We will see you here in Austin in two weeks. Looking forward Sounds to that. Good one. Talk to you later. Cheers, Bill. Cheers. Cheers.